Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob. I'm a fan on Instagram and on Twitter and have a blog at foodofan.com. And this is episode 51. We've got some exciting news coming up uh, for you. Yeah. Uh, so let's get right into it. Now, some of these topics, um, Jacob, this time in the show notes, you were very cryptic in in, <laughs> in these topics. So, so I actually have no idea right. what's going to come at me. So a lot of this is also going to be like my reactions to, to a lot of this exciting stuff that uh, that you've brought up. So sure. let's, let's dive right into that. So last year, I think what, back in August, we covered this story where um, Kaweco had trademarked the names Moonman and D-Like and Wingsong. And those being, of course, names of well-known Chinese pen brands. And then we found, I think maybe it was on Reddit, there was someone had supposedly gotten what looked like a statement from Kaweco. It was never verified it was a real statement from Kaweco, but it was a statement that explained that they did this to fight back against the copycats, basically. Right? That, that was the, the, the gist of it. And we discussed that at length. I think that was a pretty interesting episode. Um, and we said that we kind of get where they're coming from with D-Like and Wingsung, because both of those brands have pens that look a lot like Kaweco Sports. Now, we argue that... Uh, you know there are questions about whether whether you know copyright is enforceable, and we argue that the D like is one is can be seen as an improvement on the design. But at least we uh, we understand uh, what they mean when they when they talk about you know lookalikes because those pens are lookalikes. But with right. the Moon Man, that was more cryptic. We didn't really understand what's going on. I think that statement mentioned Moon Man T one, and we yep. argued that. The Moonman T1 is definitely not a copycat, and we argued. I mean, we spent we spent like twenty minutes talking about about the reasons why, right? Yep. Um, but that was the end of it for a while. But then, like two weeks ago, and there was this interesting post on the Pen Addict. I think it was all the hobbies. Uh, Kimberly wrote a post comparing Kaweco's Perkyo to. Uh, a pen by a quote-unquote Western pen maker, and this that particular pen looked a lot like a Kaweco Perkyo, much more than any Moonman pen looked like a Kaweco pen. And that's made me think about this whole story again. Like, what? How can this be okay? Why? Why is Kaweco concerned about Moonman and not this? Basically, that, that's what I was wondering. So I thought this time, let me try to get an answer from Kaweco directly. And the pen that you're talking about is the um, Ferris wheel press. I, I don't really know what the name of the model is, but that's the pen we're talking about, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I decided to contact them and try just to get a, a an answer or some statement from them. So I, the, on the website, you can go to the contact form and I said, you know, my name and, you know, I, I, we have this podcast and we want to cover the story again and we have some questions. And I'm not sure if you're able to answer these questions, but uh, I'll give it a try, basically, right? And the, the, my main question is, you know, why, why did you register the Moonman trademark? That, that, that was the, the main question. And I wasn't sure I would get any response back. But I got one very fast. Just within a few hours, I got a very friendly response from their head of sales saying, like, thank you so much for contacting us and for showing an interest in this topic. And give us a few days. We'll get back to you with a more proper like statement. So I did. I waited and I got it back. So let me just read that statement and then I want to hear your thoughts on it. Sure, 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 sure. So here is... Uh, Kaweco's statement. Thank you for reaching out, even though it would be more pleasant to talk about our passion for pens and our brand Kaweco. But we also want to keep it fair and honest with topics like this. As we grow bigger, after putting a lot of work into our designs and the brand, more and more copycats of Kaweco products want to profit from our achievements. 
we invested considerable amount of money additional to the working time to block the one-to-one -one copies. We tried several times to speak with the responsible persons at the known companies. From some companies, we did not even get an answer until today. Additionally, everything is very intransparent and you cannot find the address of the companies. When we finally had contact with somebody, they said in the first step that they speak no English. So we hired a Chinese-speaking person to contact them for us. No reply again. We tried so much to find a diplomatic way to solve these problems. And here comes the interesting part. Regarding Moonman T1, you are correct that this design is not a one-to-one -one copy. Okay. We, we haven't had a problem with it in the first place, even though it is very similar and defining design elements have been copied, obviously, for example, the cap. What forced us to make this decision was that we knew that Moonman is doing wholesale for D-like and therefore is helping spread the one-to-one -one copies. Once again, we wanted and tried to talk to Moonman several times, and they haven't made any intentions to find either a solution or even to speak to us. None of them does even care. Still, we are open to talking and finding a solution. You should also know that we are only a small company, not comparable okay. to brands like Lamy or Faber-Castell. We have only 40 employees working here, so we can't accept that someone is destroying our business. We hope that you understand our situation. Please take care and stay safe. Head of sales. All right. So at least to me, the most interesting part is that it's not about the movement T1. It's about the wholesale. So okay. let me know what you think about this. All right. Um, the interesting part to me is that they didn't answer your your question about the Ferris wheel press. I mentioned it in passing, but I, I didn't expect to hear anything about that specifically because I'm sure there are things they can't tell us, you know, who knows. Sure, sure. Then there are several things. The admission that the T1 is is not the issue mm. was uh, was obviously was obviously interesting. Mm. Um, and I, I, I would love to know, I would love to know if the original statement is from them, mm. uh, which I believe it is because I think it has the signature of the president. Mm. Um, but if it's not from them, uh, then that would be interesting in itself, and uh, and then I would like to know who wrote that, um, because in that statement they specifically point out the Moonman T one, right? Mm, that's how I remember it too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, it seems like they are backpedaling on what they've said in the past, which you know is is speculative based on whether the the you know the first statement is 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 actually from mm. Quebec or not and, and also the the first statement seems to have Quebec's uh letterhead as well mm. so and yeah i i believe it is from the company because it actually has their physical stamp mm. So I'm I'm watch I'm reading this uh this thing. It has the Caveco stamp, uh, stamped on on both pages. So so I want to know why they're they're walking back on their statement about uh, about T1. Let me just read what they specifically wrote. After our registration of the Moonmen trademark, and the first cancellation in Germany, a man called. Us and asked us why we were doing this. We have requested him to change the design of his T1 fountain pen and to stop selling the D like products that harm 
the design of our sport, Lilliput and Supra, three parts technique, or at least also change their designs. So, so for me, this is this is this is uh, you know, this is it's it's an excuse, right? It's realizing after the fact, oh, wow, you know, this is not a one-to-one copy, and we have no problem with it. But we're still going to find some reason to to not, you know, to, to block the name. There's one interesting thing about what you said here. You you mentioned both the T1 uh, being a cop, but also this Lilliput and Supra. And that can only possibly refer to D-like and not Moonman. Yep. Because D-like, I, I agree, they have made, pen, they have made Lilliput and Supra lookalikes there's no question yeah. about that but now you're suddenly talking about another company so to me it sounds like they are talking about like uh, Moonman, the umbrella brand or Moonman, the representative the wholesaler rather than like Moonman, the, the pen maker so the second thing that i think is is strange is they claim that they don't have a method to speak with with these folks uh they don't speak english um, very difficult to find even an address, and yet they also at the same time claim to know that Moonman does OEM for D-like, mm. which, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, right? It, it very well might be true. I'm curious to know where that source of information comes from, mm. um, because on one hand, it seems like they're saying... They're they're so mysterious. It's a it's a black box, and and we don't know what they're doing at all. And then on the other hand, it's like oh, we know exactly how they're they're making their business, and and you shouldn't support that. So I I do find that a bit strange. But there's one thing about the wholesale angle that I I think is worth mentioning. So we know that in at least in the U.S. there are two well-known retailers that sell. Moonman, at least, maybe the other brands too. It could be other retailers as well. Although, in in both cases, they they have a very carefully curated selection of models as to not offend any other pen makers, I believe. But uh, that exists. And I remember reading, uh, I think it was an Instagram story by another retailer. They said they were approached by a Chinese wholesaler. And this Chinese wholesaler brought pens from Moonman and I think it was Pen BBS and I think D like and others and, and they wanted to, to sell these pens. And this wholesaler had apparently said that we are the, we are the same company that is providing pens for these other retailers. So whether this is someone that's actually affiliated with Moonman or someone is doing this like outside the Moonman, yeah. Umbrella, I, I don't know, but I think this this is actually happening. I think there is, there are wholesalers that are trying to sell these various brands to uh, Western retailers. Yeah, and, and we know that there are some folks who who kind of act like they are official retailers, mm. but are not right, mm. and, and that's something that's gotten um, Pen BBS's Bainey kind of upset yes. over over the years where some people are buying from various eBay shops or, mm. or various people who claim to be distributing these mm. pens, whereas she's very adamant. And I think in her profile, even she says, you know, I'm the only place where we're doing official overseas sales. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is the, the thing about the Chinese market right now is that like, unless you are Chinese or, mm. or you speak Chinese well, um, and you lived there before, right? So, like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. It's very hard to to get connected or even know that you're speaking to the right person because everybody can sound <laughs> so convincing, you yeah. know. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, I work for XYZ company. Right. Yeah. But I, I do think that um, Kaveco seemed to have... Still, I think that Kaveco st- seems to have jumped the gun because, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just not sure where that information comes from. Mm. And... The, the interesting thing, I think, is that they were very insistent on, you know, emphasizing how they are a very small company. They don't have resources. Right. And they spend a lot of money doing this, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Uh, to me, this is not something that a company that doesn't have money does, right? This is mm. not something that a very small company does. Um, 
it it feels much more expensive to to go hire lawyers, hire mm. investigators, because if they found out all this information, right, and if it's credible, then I have to assume that they use some kind of investigator. Um, you know, all this, my, and I think a lot of people uh, share this this qualm is if you're going to spend this money going after Moonman, right, who they don't even have official distribution channels, right? They don't do any marketing. Kaveco does a lot of, does a lot of, you know, distribution all over the world. Like, and make sure that your, your, your QA is, is fixed, right? Like, like make sure that you deliver better pens, make sure that you make a converter that actually works inside your own pen, right? Because their own short converter doesn't work inside their own sport pen. So, it, it it's almost like a slap in the face that you would rather develop um, strategies and, and and hire lawyers and, and go and, and block somebody else before you can even make your own product, mm. you know, uh, work. But the fact that they were doing that and also the, the, the tone of this response make me think that they consider these Chinese pen makers an existential threat. Right, we can't accept that someone is destroying our business. But my my question is whether this has like materialized as a real threat in the sense that it's impacting sales, or if it's just a perceived threat. My suspicion is that it's a ladder, and the reason why I'm saying that is that you can't. It's almost impossible impossible to buy a D like Alpha or a Wingsang three seven. 3007 today they're all but gone from the market they have been discontinued and i don't think they've been discontinued because of Kareka. i think they've been discontinued because this is just the way these companies operate they, they come up with a new model they do a few batches and then they're done with it and off to the next model like they they keep the best sellers but everything else is discontinued to make room for the next great model so i suspect that and I could be wrong, I don't have any numbers to back this up whatsoever. I'm talking nonsense probably, but I don't think that D like Alpha or Wingsung 3007 have significantly impacted Kaweco sales. No, I don't I don't think so as well. Like um again, they they don't have distribution channels, they sell through through eBay for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Like and and again this goes back to what I was saying in the last time we, we covered this. If a company that does no marketing has somebody that speaks like they don't have anybody that speaks English, um, they they basically they they're cheaper because Kameko Sports not that expensive. It's what thirty dollars, mm. and maybe the D like Alpha is like what twenty dollars. Mm. I guess the brass version of the of the Kameko is like eighty dollars, right? But still, it's it's the difference is is not that much. That's true. And and if you're going to if if you're losing on that, like I I do feel like everything comes from the product, right? Everything mm. comes from you having a good product, and the problem is that Kaveco's not put out a good product onto the market, and and they're saying that they're going to develop a piston filler of their of their pen, which I think is very very exciting. But the fact of the matter is is that the design that they have out on the market, the the um cartridge pen i can't even say cartridge converter because the converter doesn't work um is is a design from the from the 30s 40s right it, it's it's not a new design they've they've taken the vintage kaveco design um the kaveco sport design and and they've removed the piston so in my eyes they downgraded it they made it simpler to to produce and and they stuck some smaller five nibs in it and they put it on the market they 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 it's it's disingenuous to me to for them to to claim that they've spent so much time on research so much time on design when i when this design existed from the vintage kaveco brand which by the way has no connection to the modern kaveco brand other than the design yeah, I think some some of the effort they talk about is the effort to trying to fight the the copycast rather than the effort in like developing the, the products. But but yeah, but that that's yes to your point really. Yeah. But when we covered this last time, the feedback we got was 
I don't I don't understand what Kaweco is doing. I'm not sure I like what Kaweco is doing, but I like the company, I like the brand, and I still liked the product. I think that, that that was a common feedback. So I think I mean I think this is a popular product. I think it is. Yeah. And also for a as as they say, a small company, they have they have a very impressive distribution and that is one one of the great strengths even here in here in japan not only at these you know big station stationary stores like itoya but you can also go to these like zaka lifestyle stores where you can buy you know the the kind of stores where you have like like a trendy messenger bag and a notepad and a little globe for your desk and like a letter opener it's like an instagram props store right those kind of stores they always have kaweco pens right yeah uh, so I think they, they seem to have very good reach and they seem to have a loyal following. Uh, I suspect this is not an existential threat to them. No, I, I, I agree with you um, that it's not an existential threat. Um, and if if it were, right, let, let's, let's humor them for a second. If mm. it were, if you have an existential threat to your business... Um, what do you do about that? I think that says a lot about a company. Mm. When 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 things are going rough, right, mm. and, and you see there are competitors, so there are competitors in every 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 market. Mm. Like the 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 fact that they didn't focus on their product mm. is telling to me, given that they have a huge following despite despite all the known QA problems that they have, right? Mm. I mean, we've all seen the hilarious nib photos from, from Kaveco. Mm. What I would love to see from Kaveco, I don't even think they need to make a, a piston filler or all new products. What I think they would need, I would like to them to, to see them do is more uh, like store exclusions and, and limited editions. If you go to Kaveco's website, you find these sports in all the colors of the rainbow, but they all seem to be standard editions which means that all the retailers can sell exactly the same pens and and there's no there's no numbering there's no there's no fomo for the lack of a better word right they all have it right but i think all the retailers all retailers love to have their own exclusives for all the obvious reasons and retailers they always have have a reason to commemorate something there's always an anniversary or something like that so if you give if you give the retailers the ability to, to to create their own um, limited editions, anniversary editions, uh, over and over again, just like Sailor does, and to some extent Leonardo does. I think that is that is how you win or how you compete against the Chinese companies. Because what you do have your advantage is your your retailer networks, right? So so if you, if you double down on that by giving the retailers what what they want which is exclusives not just one exclusive but one exclusive for every major anniversary or whatever i think that's how you sell more pens well the thing is they do have that though right they, they have um they have limited editions so they have two types they have one where they they engrave the the name of the retailer and i, I know this is not a specific retailer but mm. they did a collaboration with supreme for example that sold out really quickly i saw that yeah so they have they have they have those kinds, and then they also have the like yearly limited editions, which they're calling uh, collectors edition and Kaveco edition, which is the same pen that they've produced, but they've printed something different on the on mm. the body, which I, I think is not really a limited edition at all. But but I, I, yeah they yeah they do something like that. But I think they can double down on that. I think they can go from like doing limited editions at pilot scale to doing limited editions at sailors scale right you just give everyone who wants a limit every retailer who wants a limited edition let them do that and clearly again going back at kaveco's lineup clearly they have the production capability to do very many different models or at least flavors of the same model so i think they have the capability to do that you know what i think they should do i think they should copy the d like alpha <laughs> I think that's a winning strategy, but that's that's just me. Hey, what do I know? <laughs> yeah. So I I think in summary, I'm glad that they responded. I, I'm I'm glad to hear that they're not fixated on Moonman T1. Uh, I think 
I suspect that the threat is is perceived rather than a, a real threat, and I don't think they're going to go under anytime soon. No, Kaveco Kaveco's not going under. They they're drama. They're drama kings. <laughs> Leave it to that. Yeah. But yeah. but yes, yeah, I, I want to say at least thank you to him for for responding, and I, I do honestly wish them luck, just like we wish all pen makers luck. All right. Um. So we beat the Kaveco horse to death. Um, so <laughs> Again. To say. Again. Um. Last weekend, I went out to to Nagasaki, and you know, I I go to different places in Japan, and I always try to stop by some of these fountain pen stores that they have here, and Nagasaki is interesting because a lot of Pen fans uh, might think that Nagasaki is quite a big destination because they have such a big shop in Ishimaru Bunkodo. Mm. Um, and Ishimaru Bunkodo's presence is, is actually very big online, right? I yeah. think they they were originally famous for their um, cocktail ink series, which um, I don't think is made by Sailor. I think it might be made by some other company, but. Mm. Uh, they had like um, their own fifty shades of of ink that they were they were um, famous for. Yeah. Now I've actually been to the store before. I've, I've been to Nagasaki before. Um, Akane's family, uh, part of her family, is from Nagasaki. So so I went there. I think four years ago, way before COVID. And um and when I went to um, Ishimaru Bunkoda, I was very surprised because. From the internet, you might think that Ishimaru Bunkodo is a fountain pen store, but in reality, it's very much more like uh, like your general stationery store, mm. but you know, with five floors, and um, and the fountain pen corner was was a very 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 small corner on the the third floor, second floor, something like that. Um, and they had their their fifteens tucked away. They had their their sailor exclusives tucked away, um, but mostly it was a wall of um, of um, pilot cocoonos that really drew my eye back then. So there wasn't that much to do mm. except for except for the pens. Um, this time I walk into Ishimaru Bunkodo. I, I knew exactly where the where the fountain pens were. I go up, and it's a completely different view, Jacob. Uh, the first thing you see is a bunch of Ferris wheel press ink. It's just like rows and rows of them. Mm. There's Tono Limbs inks, like several carousels of them, right? And they've significantly expanded their fountain pen range. Now it takes up half the floor. The other half is dedicated to things like a Traveler's Notebook or, uh, you know, Midori MD. Mm. Um, so for me, it was very interesting to see the change in in that uh, in that business. And it almost seems very obvious to me that this business seemingly is is very much now driven by by ink. And it's not that they didn't have their their exclusive inks in the past, right? But but now I feel like Tono Limbs in particular have, have brought it to a whole new level. Mm. And um yeah, I did think that that was interesting because it also helped them expand their fountain pen range. They they've they've you know gotten a brand new like furniture to to display and showcase all of these fountain pens that that they have. They have their their Machia stuff out. They have their chicken stuff out. Interestingly, there wasn't a lot of glass pens. Oh really? Yeah, there there was one cabinet of glass pens, but that that was it. It was not um it was not full of you know unique boutique makers. Um, but it was actually mostly fountain pen driven, and I'm very pleasantly surprised because a shop like Ishmael, uh, most of their sales still comes from a local market, right? You know, people who are um out in Kyushu. Maybe go down to to Ishimaru Bunkodo. Obviously, people from Tokyo we're not flying out to to Ishimaru um, every day, but I think people in the western uh, or southwestern part really depend on Ishimaru Bunkodo for for their their fix. Right. So, I'm curious to as to you know what you think about this expansion of um, of fountain pens, especially these like Gotochi inks, and also. Um, how you think inks are helping the revive in a way the scene? I know we've we've talked about this slightly in a different angle before, but very curious to know what you think about that. 
I recall hearing or reading that Ishimaru was struggling at one point. I'm not sure when it was. It may have been during the start of the of the pandemic. Um, so maybe this is you know part of their sort of pivot to appeal to a new type of, of uh, customers. I remember the first ink I got from Ishimaru Bunkuro was that Gunkanjima. It was one of those. Yeah, Gotoji inks, which is it's really nice yeah. ink, by the way. It's an unusual gray, orangey ink. We have talked a lot about toner and limbs and how usually it's not it's not the big retailers. It's very like small like shops here and there that jump on the toner and limbs bandwagon and and do various collaborations. You don't see you know, the Itoyas and Marusens. But so Ishimaru is a bit of an outlier in that sense because they are a bit bigger than you know your Shokiros and uh, Moe and you know, but these are not Gotoji inks in a sense, no. right? Uh, yeah. You said that these are uh, that they're most selling fountain pens, not so many glass pens. But I associate, I associate um, Turner names mostly with inks for glass pens nowadays and I just look at some some uh, Instagram posts from Ishimaru Bunkudo and it looks like there's a lot of uh, glitter and experimental stuff so uh, did they market these as inks for for fountain pens so um what they have is they ha- they have you go up into the into the sales area they have a huge table um the first thing you see is found uh, Ferris wheel press and mm. then you see a bunch of tonal limb, and then sandwiched between is some of their Nagasaki BK uh, sailor inks. Mm. And then in front of that, you have the um, Yamamoto um, paper sampler. And yeah, it's it it says fountain pen on the Yamamoto paper sampler. Mm. Um, but for those, they I think they had that new sailor. Uh, dip pen. I think right. we talked about that on the podcast already, but they they had that little dip pen um, out there. Other than that, yeah, mostly fountain pens they have in their in their inventory. Again, there was a small um, selection of glass pens, but mm. I'm looking at their Instagram as well, and you can see a lot of like non fountain pen product Mm. you see uh this small smattering sometimes of of glass pens but what i see mostly is their appeal to inks Mm. and um and these like bright colors yeah and then there there's also of course uh the fountain pen they had actually an interesting selection of baynu which is not something that we see Mm. super often here but I think I'm what 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 I'm sure the retailers like about working with tone and limbs is this, as we talked about small many times before, so small. Lot. I mean, let's say you like Marzen's ink, you go there and you buy your Eternal Blue and and uh, Hatobanezu and whatever, and and that's it. You can go back like hundred times during one year, and you're not going to find any more inks. If you go to Okamotoya where they sell Tonal Limbs ink, like every week you're gonna have a new ink. Like, so if you're a retailer, <laughs> right, and you want people to come back to you, so not just go there like once a year, what you want is to be able to have new products, right? And, and that's why Tonal Limbs is probably so attractive to retailers. What's interesting though is that I don't see Tonal Limbs discontinuing products because this leads to a huge buildup of inventory that they would, wouldn't necessarily be able to get rid of. But it depends on the, the nature of their manufacturing. Maybe this is like just in time that you know, things aren't really discontinued. It's just that they don't... If someone asks for a batch and they produce a batch, right? It, it just exists on paper. Yeah, but for the retailer, they wouldn't be able to continue buying like, you know, all these batches. If, if there's one batch that they don't sell, they, they're, they're having that on their inventory forever. Mm. Um, so, so that's what I see with like lots of SKUs. Anyways, it's it's interesting that they they have a lot more lines, um, and they're still keeping that cocktail ink series that they have. They they still have that ink library or ink book, but yeah, it's 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 much bigger now. Um, I'm 
sending you a link on our chat to a post where you can see their their new space and if you can see this fixture right this is mm. a kind of like a rectangular table the entire thing is fountain pens that looks like marzen or itoya yeah. or shazaikan uh, yeah exactly yeah it, it is actually very much more than um more a marzen and less a um Lesson Okamoto, yeah. Yeah, well, because Okamoto has just mostly glass pens, right? Yeah. They don't have that many yeah, for sure. pens, yeah. For sure. I, I went to a different store as well, which might be interesting or, or might be known to, more known to the Western audience than the local audience, actually, which is the Mannenhitz Bjoin. And the Mannenhitz Bjoin is interesting to to western audience is because this is actually um this is actually featured in a uh in several youtube videos yes one of them is called the masters of oh masters of the fountain pen uh, have you seen this video before yeah sure m m many times yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's so funny because these guys are, I swear, they're so small. They're so small. Um, this YouTube video has 1.2 million views, right? So it, it, it's, 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 it's a big video. Um, these guys are, are in the arcade, same arcade as, um, as Ishmael, actually. Very, very, very small. Um, staffed by three people, I think it must be the owner um, uh, and the owner's family. And I've never seen, I, I've been there twice. I've not seen a single person walk in. And I, we, we visited our local friends as well. And they said, oh, well, I, I didn't even know the store was here. I've never been inside of here. But I'm curious because I think that there is quite a nice role that these smaller traditional uh, retailers mm. um, contribute to the scene. Because what I see is that folks who, who really, really, have been using fountain pens for a long time, they probably don't go to Ishmael or Bunkodo anymore, right? They, they probably go to this place because, you know, the master uh, who who owns the shop, you know, probably does like some adjustments, some, some discussion, mm. some talking about fountain pens on an enthusiast level that Ishmael probably couldn't do. And they even have their own exclusive king of pen. They have the, they have a version of the briar that's, that's exclusive to them. That's more more surprising, but maybe that's some some childhood friend or something like that relation with yeah, but, some uh, sailor. It actually looks really really nice, um, and they have all the all the new uh, releases from from Pilot as well. So, I, I mean, I can't imagine them being able to sell out their inventory. But what do you? Because you you go up to Tohoku sometimes as well, right? You must have seen these shops. I think they have a small number of very loyal customers. They don't come every day or even every week, but when they come, they they, they will they will spend they will, they will spend money, and and that's enough to s sustain the business. And I'm sure some of these shops actually don't have huge running costs. So, uh, and I, th I think some of the owners are like semi-retired. They just it's a, it it blurs the line between work and hobby at one point. Yeah, and um, and they're not really bothered with selling you anything either. Mm. We were in the store for like thirty minutes. They didn't talk to us. They're like, "Yeah, just just look around, whatever." Mm. Yeah. So so that was my trip out to to Nagasaki. Um, next thing on the list we have is it it just says vintage pen. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, I bought a um, I I found one of those Bane pens on them. Um, America is we talked about Banet before, right? It's it's this right. group of pen makers and they made some of the most sought after pens of a certain era. And uh, most of the Banet pens you see nowadays on Yahoo auctions and so on, they are these so called balance style pens, which are like cigar shapes. They they yeah. from slim to like ridiculously fat pens, but they're all almost all balance style pens. Um but the one I found was uh, a so-called Onoto style pen, which is a diplomatic way of saying that it's basically a Onoto 
model N replica except for the filling system. Uh, as in, it's not a self-filler, it's a Japanese inkidome, but it, but it looks exactly like the old Onoto Model N that was produced from like 1905 to 1920, I think. Um, so I found this this uh, Bane pen for a very good price and I bought it. And as usual, with all of these inkidome eyedroppers, it was leaking. They are, they're always leaking. That, that's, <laughs> that's just how it is. So... Normally or in the past when I bought these Inkidome eyedroppers and they were leaking, I haven't been motivated to repair them. I just given them away or just sold them. But this one, because it's a bit of unusual shape and the nib, the nib is just fantastic, I was motivated for the first time to repair it. So I contacted Kanesaki-san. Oh, you contacted Kanesaki-san. Yes. Okay. So I contacted him and said, I, I got this pen. I, I sent a photo of it. And I think the, the cork seal is leaking and... Uh, what would it cost to repair it? So before I say what he replied, what, what do you think his price would be? Well, it depends on whether he finds it interesting, I think. Um, but I don't know. $100, $200? So he said if he just needs to replace the seal or what he called a packing kokan, then it's 5,000 yeah. yen. All right. If you also need to replace the rod, then it's another 3,000 yen. And there was one more common type of repair that was 2,000 yen. So all in all, somewhere between five and 10,000 yen. Uh, so basically yeah. like for 40 to $80, depending on the, the condition of the pen. So I, and I thought, okay, that, that sounds that's more reasonable than I expected. And um, so I said, okay, how do we do this? Should I just send it to you? And he's, yes, he replied, said, yes, send it to me. It will take about a month, months or so. So I did. I sent it to him. And the next day he got it and he already replied. I said, yeah, I got your pen. I did a first ch- inspection, like a thinking. And I, I think all I need to do is replace the packing. So about 5,000 yen. Okay. I said, it's okay. That sounds great. Cheaper than expected. So I'll wait. I waited. And the next day. The next day he replied again and said, yeah, I'm done. Wait, what? You, you said one month. Uh, no, it was not one month. Apparently he had a bunch of other pens that needed the same type of repairs. So he did them all in one batch. So the next day he was done. And the, the total cost would be, including return shipping and tax, about 6,000 yen. And of course I had to pay via Furikomi because, you know, this is Japan. So... I paid with Furikomi and he immediately shipped it back and I ordered to have it back. And um, yes, I, 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 for 6,000 yen, I got I got a pen repaired and it's not leaking and, and much cheaper than, than I had expected. Uh, so I don't think this will be the last time I'm sending Kanesaki-san a leaky eyedropper. <laughs> yeah, th- those seem to be very reasonable prices. And... Like you could wait for, for a wagner, but who who knows how long those take, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Seems very reasonable. Uh, one more thing I will say is that this pen, like all of these uh, vintage eyedroppers with ebonized feeds, it's it's a wet writer. It's a very very wet writer. So I was thinking about you know what ink to use with it, and I think I finally found the ideal ink for this pen. Tag Hisoku. Mm, why is that? Because it's almost too dry for any other pen I have, but it's perfect fit for this pen. So I actually held this pen in my hands, didn't I? This yes, is I a, think so. Yeah, it's a very unique shape that um that is almost like the Onoto shapes, but taken to the next level, right? Now I would say it's almost an exact replica of the so-called Onoto Model N. I, I've been looking online, and, and they they all the Model N looks exactly like this. The only difference is that Onoto is, of course, a self-filler. That was you know the defining feature of Onoto's. While the Japanese eyedropper is kind of a simplification of that filling system, in that you have the you have the shut off valve, but it's not a self filler. Right, but the section is different, right? No, the section is the same too. Oh, okay, okay. And by the way, I found this really funny old uh, ad for from Onoto, where you have like two military servicemen on the front line and they are standing there comparing their pens and one guy has a pen and like a dropper and he looks very sad and the other guy has has a, an onoto pen and looks very smug and tells the other guy why didn't you tell your wife to to, to send you an onoto pen you don't want to bring a dropper to the battlefield or something like that 
Well, they must be very bored out in the trenches. <laughs> yes, they're swatching ink in the trenches. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty cool. And and you wrote a blog about a blog post about this pen, right? I haven't written it yet, but I've done some research. I'm planning to do that. I also found some more information about this pen uh, on Eurobox website. Apparently, it was at one point sold at uh, a modest end. So I'll, I'll have some notes and I'll probably do a blog post. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. You should bring it to Marzen and uh, and ask about that there. I'm sure they <laughs> won't know anything. <laughs> yes, for sure. All right. Um, some kind of sailor releases. Uh, two releases here today. The first one I want to talk about is the Nagasawa Kobe um, Airport Limited Edition. Have you seen this pen? Not until you you put the link there. I, I thought it was one of those uh, Ishimori pens at first because they all they look kind of the same with this like uh, matte um, aluminum yep. section. Yeah, a a pen friend sent me a link, and we were discussing because in the US they just got this. Um, every rose has its thorn pen, which, by the way, super long, terrible name. Um, and we were talking about what a, you know, why can't Sailor USA get more interesting stuff? Because they also did the King of Pen, Wicked Witch of the West, which, you know, I'm sure is a, is a very nice pen, but I feel like nobody asked for a King of Pen version. Mm. Um, and then this, this friend sent me, uh, this Kobe Airport limited edition, and, and they say, "All right, I guess Japan gets some lame ones too." So this is this is what a blue blue cap and white body pen. It it seems almost utterly unremarkable, except for the nib. And I feel like this is kind of a rare dud from Nagasawa because Nagasawa's limited editions usually they're they're very on point, right? They 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 they. They're always the flat tops, um, always very popular. This pen in particular, I feel like, is one that is getting a lot less attention than than some of their other stuff. Do you think this is a rare dud from from Nagasawa? To be honest, I don't pay nearly as much attention to Sailor Limited editions as you do. It's becoming like Tonal Limbs Inc. There's like a new one every week and I, I can't keep up. So I, 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 don't, I didn't really notice this one before. But yeah, I agree. It's I mean, I, I would pick a pen from Hachimonja or Pentanote or Kingdom Note before before this one, for sure. The, I mean, you, you did recommend um, Kaveko to, to do these weekly releases, though. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But but, but that that is from from a producer perspective, not a All consumer right. perspective. That's just consumer. I don't want any more limited editions. Yeah. So so just just a quick you know non scientific comparison. Their Chaska Green limited edition, which they post on twelfth of November, had five hundred and fifty likes. This airport one, two hundred and sixty eight. But when they posted the nib, it was much more popular. 411 and, and i have to say the nib is kind of cool mm. the pen is, is just not it but you know what pen is it is the new shishikura pen now uh, they're, they're owl right they uh they've sent the postcards with the uh, with the picture of this pen um and you know when when the marzen uh fair was first announced they had these like um this blacked out pen right it was kind of mm. if you've ever watched um detective conan it's like when they show the bad guys but they don't want to show their faces it's got this like blacked out character um so the, so they had had this uh blacked up and now we finally see what it is and it's this i believe it's like a translucent red with pink finials and what they claim to be a gray body and i think that the the thing that's really the killer is this owl on the nib which does look really nice the moment I got this, the, the flyer from Marzen, or the postcard from Marzen, I put it on my Instagram story, and and the first one to respond was Quay, and she said, "Not enough glitter." Yeah, this is this is a bit of a departure from I think their previous uh, Shishkuras. I, I actually still think mm-hmm. it is very very nice, and I, I do feel like we won't really know what it's like until we see it in person. Yeah, but... if if you look at the the, the photo up up close, it looks like there are there is some subtle glitter in in the cap yeah. at least. Yeah. But what Shishikura was known for was the the huge chunky glitters, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that doesn't seem to be present here. But I I I still think it is, it is pretty nice. 
Yeah, it definitely looks better than the the and the again cognac pen. Uh, yeah, I, I I like it. I mean, it's not it's not for, for me, um, but uh, mostly because of the metal section. But I think the color yeah. combination works well, and and the finials are, they aren't like I mean, they said pink, but they're not like shocking pink. They're like like salmon pink, right? I think that the color combination works very well. Yeah, yeah, and you know we always uh, expect Fischer to to turn out bangers. Yeah. So, so those are the two new releases that I think you know we're going to see in the upcoming few weeks, um, and then we have two more topics here. One just says ink follow up. In the last episode, uh, we talked about Hiroshizu inks and how they are alkaline, and and we theorized that that might be why you may not want to mix them with other inks, either intentional or accidentally by not you know cleaning the pen thoroughly, right? I wanted to, to see just how alkaline they were, so I looked at old issues of a Shumino Bungobaku. So we talked a lot about Shumino Bungobaku, right? Most yep. of no, most of the issues of Shumino Bungobaku are basically product catalogs and mature interviews. But every once in a while, they do this really thorough tests, mostly of paper or ink. And in, uh, I think it was in issue 47 or 37, uh, they did this... They measured the pH of a number of different inks. So and uh, and as as we said, uh, pyrocyanides inks are indeed alkaline. They all have a pH around like between nine and ten. But the thing is, so it's that's true for sailor inks as well. So for example, like sailors Sultan and um, pilots Compaqued have basically the same pH. Sailors Yamadori and pilots Kujaku they have basically the same pH. So there's nothing really stand out about um, a pilot, or other than maybe the, the consistency. So I thought that was interesting. But also, if you look at the Western pen makers, Pelican is, is all over the place. They have everywhere from like 2 to 10. So there's no real consistency. It all depends on, on the color. And meanwhile, Faber-Castell, they're all, most of the things are kind of neutral around like 6 or uh, 7. And Mont Blanc somewhere between like three and six. The most interesting ones I thought were platinum. So platinum's iron gold inks. They have a pH of between one point three and one point one. Uh, oh, that's very acidic. That's very acidic. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I know I would be a lot more concerned about using those in my pens than any Irochizuki ink. I also think like, you know, pH is is maybe one factor. I I don't. I'm still not convinced pH determines all that rather mm. than the chemicals. Because have you done a lot of ink mixing, Jacob? Uh, I have done ink mixing, but I usually do it the safe way. I stick within a, within a brand. Yeah, I've I, I mixed, uh, what is it, um, Iroshizuku with another ink before. Mm. And what happened is that the ink couldn't keep itself together in, in a way. It just spread all over the place all over it was like feathering it couldn't keep its consistency and mm. i'm not convinced that that's because of the ph mm-hmm. i agree there's probably more to it I mean, we should really try to find some um maybe we should get get gary on the podcast didn't you have um some kind of study about like surface tension and all that stuff as well yeah that was in in another another issue of assuming Bungabaku. they had done very extensive tests about about that and and what you can see is that what we often talk about as like wetness translates pretty much not to viscosity but but surface tension so if you look at this the scale of surface tension that that's pretty much the same scale as what we normally talk about as wetness, so like yeah, some some of the pilotings, the JR warnings, they are on one end of the spectrum, while pelicanings, for example, are on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to be said about how these chemicals react to each other, mm. um, and th- there's probably a little bit more to that as well. But yeah, it, it's interesting to see that you know we often associate pilot with the alkaline inks, but you know same is is had for for others i would actually argue that if we're looking at this ph thing it's Mm. much more worrisome if a brand is all over the place because you can't expect what what to get exactly exactly yeah all right the final thing um on this is uh is a thing that i haven't shared with you specifically yet 
Um, and I don't think you follow this account, so I don't think you've seen this. So I've just sent to you a picture. Uh, now, this is a screenshot of a, of an Instagram story. Are you able to see that? Yes, yes, yes. So what we're looking at right now is um, is a story from this calligraphy-based, or or I don't know if it's a calligraphy-based account, um, but it, it's this shop that focuses a lot on calligraphy supplies. They have a lot of um, calligraphy workshops and they have some fountain pen stuff as well. Um, but if you look at the at the page itself, it, it's very much geared towards um, more traditional calligraphy with some fountain pens. Mm. And in their story, which I believe, yes, is still up, they have uh, this these two new products. It says, um, lessons to learn about fountain pens and how to adjust fountain pens by Liktope. Mm. Uh, and then you have these slots. You can you can start to apply for these slots. And there they have two items. I'm going to start with the first one, uh, or the, the bottom one. It says a telephone um, reception with Liktope is free, but I guess there are limited slots uh, mm. on that. And then there's a personal concierge, Liktope fountain pen, and uh, basic knowledge. And personal concierge, and this cost three thousand three hundred yen, including tax. I still don't understand what this is. I think I mean I don't really know either. I don't know what is a fountain pen concierge. Do you? I have no idea. Is this like some like personal shopping thing or like? No, I don't know. This is a mystery to me. So what I suspect, and, and I opened the page up now, you have a, a nice photo of Tomoko and of her cleaning out a pen. I'm going to read it. It says, um, this is a special lesson. I, I'm just going to share you the link so you can you can see it as well. A special lesson with uh, Suzuki Tomoko about the basics of fountain pens and how to find the right fountain pen for you. So it's teaching you how to hold the fountain pen based on whether you write from left to right or from top to bottom uh the basic uh shapes of tipping uh about nib sizes um the i guess interactions or or the compatibility with paper teaching you how to use cartridges converters uh pistons eyedroppers uh lever fillers etc and also teaching you how to clean out inks so it says personal concierge but it's actually a group lesson of six <laughs> and um and yeah it, it, i guess it's just a it's just a group study on how to use fountain pens. I've seen that before. Usually at the event, they usually have like, like a table where someone like from like pilot or wherever is teaching the basics of how to use a fountain pen right. to take apart right. a fountain pen. Maybe this is meant to be like an upscale version of that. <laughs> but but the pilot ones are free, right? Exactly. Yeah. Now this is 3,300 yen. This is more expensive than one of those uh, Mori event entry tickets i remember at like tips for example when they have these lessons at least you, you sometimes you, you, pay, you pay but you get a pen do you do you get something here doesn't doesn't look like it doesn't look like it hmm. i actually think this is kind of smart from Liktope because a lot of this information you could find on the internet right it's free hmm. but um there's that like added layer of uh, service where you have somebody who's actually explaining it to you mm. and, and holding your hand through that. I think it's a smart way for her to expand her business like this. I actually have no problems with this whatsoever. I do think that this is kind of a, a service that now we see a lot of new people uh, enter into, into the fountain pen world, especially people that, let's say, have not traditionally been part of the fountain pen world. It is, I think in some ways intimidating for 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 these younger uh more female audience to approach a group like wagner which is you know very much older male um audience and to get that information right so it's intimidating what, what... for everyone including us <laughs> yeah that that's right I, I waited like a year before i i could muster up the courage to go to a wagner yeah. but but 
I think it, it's really smart that she's doing this. She's she's kind of selling um, fountain pens as a service, right? Yeah, everything as a service now. Yeah, I mean, she's the bridge, the, the translator between like the, the, the worlds of Mori and Betchuri, right? Yeah, uh, that's right, that's right. And I'm wondering, like, is this something that's going to be a thing in the future? Because I actually thought about this. I, I thought about doing this myself, but for, for nib grinding, I think that would be a pretty interesting um, thing to do. But this, I, th I think it's exciting that, that, you know, she's actively kind of promoting Although you know, there's a little cost associated with that. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it succeeds for her. Mm. Uh, and and yeah, I'm excited to see see where that goes. There seem to be a lot of these people now how, who get into inks via uh, ink and calligraphy and dip pens, and then they start to wonder about fountain pens. It looks interesting, but they seem difficult to use. So how do how do I how do I get started with fountain pens? And and that's where Tomoko comes in. Yeah. I think my only worry with this is maybe some misinformation, particularly to do with like flex pens, um, because as we've discussed before, flex pen like knowledge about flex pens is not is not great in in Japan, um, and and the various definitions are also also slightly different, right? So true. I, I'm a bit worried about that. But other than that, yeah, I I hope I hope she she does well. I I hope that uh, I hope that's a great success. Yeah, me too. Me too. This is a good good idea. Yeah, uh, new new product category, right? Bass fountain pens as a service. <laughs> exactly, that's, that's good. All right, I think that's that's all I've got. Same here. All right, this has been been the episode. My name is Cy. You can find me on my website at TokyoStationPens.com, on Instagram and TikTok at TokyoStationPens, and on Twitter at TokyoStationMNH. And my name is Jacob. I'm Fudafan on Instagram and on Twitter, and have a blog at Fudafan.com. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.